1: BFM 89.9 The Business Station This is Cruise Control I'm Rich Bradbury Joining me here in the studio Is Ali Johan Say hello Ali Hey Rich Happy New Year Happy New Year to you too Welcome to
0: 2024
1: Indeed And of course Joining us over the ether And uh, via wireless And all that kind of uh, Jibbery gookery Is of course Daniel Fernandez From dsf.my Say hello Daniel Happy New Year and welcome. Wow, he's a loud one today. (laughs) uh, it's a new year and we've got to be loud, gentlemen, (laughs) loud. As usual, a show in three parts. We've got some news at the top. We've got a little bit of a discussion in the middle. And, of course, a car review at the end of the show. And it's an Alfa Romeo. Uh, We'll get to that a little bit later on, though. But, of course, the big news is the Padu database was launched. Who wants to take this on and discuss this then?
0: the Padu database launched by our Prime Minister in Putrajaya uh, yesterday. And Daniel, it's intended to be the foundation for the government's upcoming targeted subsidies and also more assistance to uh, automotive users, right?
2: Yes, so they've asked you to be very, very complete and honest with your information and, and accurate with your information so that once subsidies are targeted for the, I would say, the, 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 the needful, right. The right people get it but how well this can work I'm not too sure because a few hours before we were going on air there were already some uh, mention on social media that this thing needs to be double checked there are already some some quibbles with it mm-hmm. there are some little you know speed bumps along the way so I think it needs some time like, before it can get really going and you know this targeted subsidies uh, for diesel and petrol Again, you know, they say, you know, people with a low-income group and all that. So, I'm hoping that my children will get because they are in the no-income group. <laughs> you don't give them any spending money? No, no, no. I give them pocket money. That's not income. Ah, okay. But, you know, they're moving about and they're putting petrol. So, I'm hoping they'll get some mm-hmm. subsidies, yes. Yeah. In collecting this data,
0: right, we are encouraged to update and validate our information starting uh, January the 2nd. And then when it's time to distribute the subsidies, then you will be picked. Yeah, you'll be picked. There has been some
1: worry, though, about the the data that's been going in, like, and you know, as you said on on social media. But from what I understand, most of that has been ironed out from what I understand. Don't quote me on that, though, because there could be changes in that, which I'm sure other shows will be touching on throughout the next few days.
2: Yeah. I'm sure that all the tech guys are already looking at this and trying to figure out what's the problem and, you know, where the quibbles are. But, you know, give it some time. I think Malaysians should give it some time. Don't be so hard on it. It's something that is it's being done in the right way. Because why? We don't want subsidies to go to the wrong people. Mm. We want it to go to the right demographic, the right kind of Malaysian, you know, the ones that are earning less, the ones that really need the subsidies. And of course, I think in time we should move away from all these subsidies also because why the government hasn't got much money to play with right now. Mm. Uh, And I think in the future, you know, when when electric cars and electric scooters and electric transportation gets more uh, effective, uh, the subsidy should go to keeping people more occupied by electrification rather than thinking, oh, I want, you know, cheap petrol so that I can travel long distance all the time, you know.
1: Mm. What else have we got?
2: So,
0: airbag recall this one is always in the news right with uh, car companies this time it's Volkswagen they officially announced a recall on some of its models produced between the year 2010 and 2014 so that's about 6,000 plus vehicles uh, models ranging from the 6th generation Golf GTI the EOS the Passat CC the Polo the Beetle and also uh, the sedan the Vento all been recalled because they were Uh, produced in between 2010 and 2014. And
2: they all use Takata airbags. And we know Takata airbags are absolutely useless by now because, you know, Honda started a recall years ago, followed by so many car manufacturers around the world. And it's amazing that, you know, one company has been producing this rubbish when airbags should be produced by a variety of companies to make sure some standards are met. But, you know, what is even more surprising is Takata is a Japanese company. Yeah, You know? What is the problem actually? Is it in the deployment of the airbags or there's various reasons when it started with with Honda and all the rest mm. um, and you know it, it, it cost the car companies like Honda, Toyota and all even Volkswagen a lot of money to replace these airbags you know manpower, time, effort, you know and then making sure that we deploy this information properly to the owners so that they take some trouble to go and get their airbags changed now you don't want to have an accident and the airbags say maybe not working. Mm or not working properly, and then you're injured, and then you say, oh, it's the car's fault or the manufacturer's fault, but it's the airbag's fault, and you can't sue Takata, because Takata is too far away, I think Takata is already Takata away already, you know, (laughs) this is the problem, so anyway, if you own a Volkswagen from from, uh, this generation, please go to your Volkswagen dealer, get it changed, it's free of charge, it doesn't cost you any money, it's a safety recall.
1: How long does it normally take for this process to happen, though, Daniel?
2: I've seen it done in 15 minutes, and I'll tell you why 15 minutes. Because I had two airbags uh, in, in one of my cars, and they came to my house. To oh, do wow. Is know? that
1: because you're a special case, though, a celebrity? No, y- yeah, because I'm a, I'm a special person. You right, know? right, yeah. Huh?
2: <laughs> no, they were just doing me a favor. They said, listen, you know, we'll come by your house and do it. So they took about 15 minutes to replace one airbag. Very fast, very effective, and very professional.
1: There we go. Okay.
2: So that's
0: the Volkswagen Takata airbag recall. For these models, if you own this from um, the years 2010 to 2014, Golf GTI, EOS, the Passat CC, the Polo, the Beetle and the Vento, go get it checked immediately. You can visit their website also, volkswagen.com.my, for more information on the recall. Uh, we're going to regional news now. December last year, Honda launched the e one EV production line and um, they're making it all in the Prachinburi factory in Thailand. So this is some exciting news for Southeast Asian EV infrastructure, Daniel.
2: This was very shocking, actually, because you know why? We were not alerted earlier that this was happening in Thailand. We knew that Honda was moving uh, you know, moving production uh, for a lot of vehicles in Thailand. And uh, of course, they're still producing in Malaysia a lot of models. But, you know, when you hear about this in Thailand, you don't hear about electric cars, Honda electric cars. So we were a bit shocked when they said, oh, you know, now we're going to produce it in Thailand. And a little bit disappointed because why is it not being produced here, you Mm -hmm. know?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I think the reason is because the Thai electric car uh, benefits in terms of what the government gives is much more concise and much more uh, available in terms of, you know, uh, incentives over what Malaysia is giving. Yes, we have tax-free for uh, electric cars. Right now, we have uh, road tax free and all that. But I think there's other incentives given for manufacturers to build the cars in Thailand. There are also other issues like manpower. Thailand has got very good and professional manpower. We are a bit short of manpower when it comes to uh, our factories. You know, mm, right. so Thailand has an advantage there. Number two, Thailand is a much bigger population. Uh, They have very good uh, road and rail infrastructure, so for them to move these vehicles across the region is very good. Indonesia is catching up very fast. They're building a lot of car factories because their infrastructure is also very good. They're also giving a lot of grants and incentives. Malaysia is trying to do this as fast as possible, but you know, you can't have the whole cake. Malaysia can't be taking the whole EV kick. So, of course, Indonesia and Thailand will benefit because, again, Indonesia, like Thailand, huge population. So, there's a workforce there. So, we we don't know whether this car is coming to Malaysia, but you heard it here first. If they're building it in Thailand, there's a good chance it'll come to Malaysia.
1: All right. Good stuff.
2: You know?
0: Okay. So, yep, the Honda e and e1 launching in Thailand in the first quarter this year, so in the next couple of months. Mm, mm. Hopefully, we see it in Malaysia.
1: This next piece of news is an interesting one and and kind of a bolt out of the blue that I don't think many people would have expected.
0: You know, the headline reads something that's out of a tabloid, right? Smartphone manufacturers suddenly shifting gears and turning towards building EVs. And it's not Apple. It's not Apple. It's Chinese company Xiaomi. They announced this not too long ago, but now they have a fully functioning EV ready to go. The Xiaomi SU7 Max
2: sedan, Daniel. Now you you seen pictures of this car? Yeah. Tell me, Richard, what do you think about
1: it? I, I think it looks beautiful. Yes, Ali, like a sports car, really nice. I looked at it and I said,
2: "Whoa!" Yeah. What a great looking vehicle. Okay, you could you could mistake it easily for a Taycan. Agreed. Yeah, in certain angles, maybe yeah. going fast enough, because it does a zero to hundred acceleration in two point. 7, 8 seconds So if it's going really fast it's, Hey, is that a Porsche? No, it's not uh, It's got 664 horsepower 838 newton meters of torque Some amazing figure It's using an 800 volt battery Which is the best battery ac- architecture 510 kilometers of range uh, Possible, you know We've got so many things going for it But one problem And I'll say this with, as, as, you know, as, as nicely as possible They make phones and electronic goods
1: Are they reliable? Here's the thing about Xiaomi, right? And, right. and, and I, I'll say this hand on heart. When they originally first entered into this market, they were seen as the uh, company that copied Apple. You know, right. almost everything they did was a one for one copy of what Apple have been doing. Right. But th- they're now at a point where the stuff that they develop is leaps and bounds ahead of many other companies, not necessarily Apple, but leaps and bounds. So the amount of research that they do, the R&D that they do is great. Whether okay. or not that is carried through to an entire vehicle, though, leaves uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not going to put my hand on my heart and say this is going to be excellent because I think, like any new Apple product, most people wait for the second generation. Yes.
2: So the reason why I asked this question to you is because you, you do a lot of tech, you know, yeah. you, you understand tech and all. Now I've been I've been looking at some of the comments coming in from our from our social media when when we posted this this story up. Of course we were not the first to post it. Amazingly, it was all the tech boys that posted it first because Xiaomi contacted the tech boys first and the tech boys were running it. So like Tesla, they considered themselves a tech company, not a car company. Right. Okay. So I'm fine with that. Now, when we posted it, uh, the comments that came were, oh, you know, my TV out of the box didn't work or my phone, this one didn't work. Oh, you know, the battery on mine failed. I mean, Okay, when you build a lot of something, there will always be you know 0.01% of yeah. issues. Yeah. I, I've bought a smart TV before where you know I took it out a week from a very established manufacturer. I will not mention the name. Uh, about a week or two weeks later, it started giving some problems. I called the after sales. They came. They gave me a one-for-one exchange. Great. But that's a TV. Mm. And like these guys, it's a phone. Mm. These are small things, easy to manage. They're in your pocket. They're in your living room. Mm. Now, a car is moving It's getting affected by dust, rain, sun, speed bumps, potholes. Uh, You know, you're going to have accidents on the road. You're going to have sudden braking. You're going to have people accelerating like crazy because it's 2.78. Now, how much testing have they done to make sure that this car will actually work as a car? It's not a handphone.
1: It's not a technology product. It is a car. I do remember them saying, I think it was announced back in about 2020, 2021, that they were thinking about making a vehicle. So I I don't imagine it's something that they've just suddenly decided, oh, we're going to make a car. And I know that they had to go jump over some hoops with the Chinese government to allow them to develop this vehicle. Um, So I'm guessing it's probably been in development for some time. Okay. But we also know that a lot of tech companies, mm. I mean, smartphone companies
2: are also thinking of building cars. Sony themselves yeah. have shown a car yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. And, you know, uh, other smartphone companies from China are showing cars. So this whole idea about smartphone companies going to car building, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You can, you can, you know, more competition means lower prices and, and more tech for the consumer. But are the first bunch of buyers paying for the R&D, are the first mm. few thousand buyers... You know, getting excited because they have a Xiaomi phone or Xiaomi TV or air purifier thing. Hey, I want to have a car to go with it. I mean, all those things are two, three, four, five thousand ringgit. Now you come to a car which is going to cost you about two, two hundred fifty thousand. Hey, this is this is not the, you know, something mm. you can just ha ha. I want to buy, you know. Mm,
1: mm. Well, we'll have to see, Daniel, when you get your hands on one of these things to try it when you uh, test drive it. Right. After they show it, will <laughs> they won't call me. <laughs> so
0: far, no interior dimensions or photos of the inside have been revealed yet.
1: Yes, very, it's- very,
2: very dark pictures have only been shared. Right. To me, if you, know, if you really have a good car, good cabin, everything else, like normal car manufacturers, you'll show a lot of the interior. Mm. You'll have videos. If you go, there's not nothing on YouTube or so. You lot- have people showing the exterior of the car, yes.
1: Mm. You know? oh. which, which probably means it's not fully developed yet then. Is that what we're saying? But-
2: But it's already in showrooms in China, and they're taking bookings, and they're trying to deliver as fast as possible. So that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of suspicious things around when a smartphone company says, "I'm going to build a car and going to deliver a car." All
1: right, we do have one final piece of news that we need to hit on though before we do take a break into our discussion, and uh, this is coming uh, about the Bahrain Sovereign Wealth Fund taking full control of McLaren. What what have you got to say about this? What (laughs) McLaren British car company? What? What's going on? I thought they were successful. Well, yeah, so did I. What's happening? What's happening? Tell me. You I, tell me. You tell me. You're, you're, you're. <laughs> Obviously, they're not selling enough cars. Clearly. You know, even... If, but but I mean, clearly, they're selling enough in Bahrain. <laughs> well,
2: at the moment, their cheapest car in Malaysia starts at 900,000 ringgit before taxes.
1: Ah, uh, you've got the same one on your driveway, right?
2: Yes, yes. Uh, so, yes. If, if they're not selling enough of these cars mm. and, you know... McLaren's everywhere, and they're in Formula One, and they're in other forms of motorsports, and they've got a whole range of cars, except they don't have SUVs. Like Maybe they, they should build an SUV like Porsche did and Bentley did and uh, Lamborghini did, so you you make even more money. But they are a sports car company that is being taken over by a company that doesn't do anything else except like invest in money,
1: mm, you know? Mm.
2: So it's a bit sad because, why well, if you get people like this
1: investing, you might lose that whole Britishness. Some people don't care about the Britishness anymore, Right. right. <laughs> I think it it's just a brand name, right? And I guess if, if you if it's a choice between somebody taking it over and losing that brand name, I think a lot of people obviously would cho- would choose that, you know, somebody injects the money into them.
2: Of course, of course. We want to keep McLaren running, but you know, I just hope that nothing changes in terms of design, direction, mm. uh focus, you know, uh technology, R and D I think should just be as per normal. Let's not get the investor to be involved in it. Just like how Geely, when they took over Volvo, they didn't get involved. Yeah, And that's why Volvo is such a success, you Mm, know? mm. So maybe with this company, they might come out with the cheap McLaren,
1: which uh, me and Ali can afford. Uh, And me, excuse me. Hello. Get a license first. This is true. On that note, let's take a short break. Uh, Folks, we'll be back, of course, with part two of Cruise Control uh, when we speak about whether or not we can trust vehicle testing facilities or not. Uh, Don't go anywhere. This is Cruise Control on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. FM 89.9, V business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is Cruise Control. I'm in the studio with Ali Johan, and we've been joined by Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. We've had some news about the Padua database, uh, Takata airbags recall again, Honda's ene one and uh, the uh, Xiaomi EV. Now, the topic of discussion, Daniel, can the Miros vehicle testing be trusted now? Not a loaded question at all. Okay, now sometime
2: in uh, mid october about you know 15 16 october this year last year uh, sorry last year yeah correct <laughs> it's 2024 okay the myros dg was taken in for falsifying documents and you know i don't think he personally falsified the documents you know there are people in there who do all this and then someone has to put a signature so he put his signature so when he puts a signature he's he's liable so he was taken in and you know they said he was uh he had, you know, some hanky-panky, lah, basically. But put all that aside, Myros, Malaysian company, uh, Malaysian organization, run in Malaysia. We've seen what happened before with the MAI, Malaysian Automotive Institute, which is now called MARI. They so had a lot of corruption and a lot of issues and hanky-panky and all that. They're trying to clean up. But the problem now is that this issue started with Daihatsu in Japan. Right. Now, why did it start with Daihatsu in Japan? Now, Daihatsu in Japan as you should know by now, is owned by Toyota Group. And um, they are shareholders and partners with Perdua in Malaysia. And Perdua is a huge company producing a lot of vehicles, selling very well. They're probably Malaysia's most successful uh, you know, automotive brand, as you can say, you know, because they're, they're, they're well-presented vehicles. They've been uh, accepted wildly, good resale value and everything else. But here comes the problem. All the uh, safety tests, now have been found to be false. Wow. Now, a whole bunch of vehicles, including the vehicles that are currently on sale. And, you know, it's not a few things. It's uh, 174, and this is the word they use, procedural irregularities. Now, why did you use that statement? Mm. Now, for me, it's very simple. Just use the word cheating, you know. Mm. This is the problem which has now compounded because... Myros is supposed to double-check all this because the vehicles are made in Malaysia, supposedly. So, is it really true that the vehicles are made in Malaysia? Or is it just 100% what comes from Japan is acceptable? Now, if you say that the vehicles are made in Malaysia with assistance from Daihatsu and Toyota, then what happened in Japan, 174 irregular things should not apply. Maybe 10, 12, 15 or 20 Will all 174 apply? We don't know. So that's the next thing. Second thing, Myra is already having problems because why? You can't trust them. So, if that is the problem, is it still 174 or 30 or 40 or 20 irregular issues? So right now, they are saying, in Japan, we've stopped production of all vehicles until further notice. Because why? In Japan, they're very strict about this. Yeah. The fact that it's coming from Japan is shocking me because you never think of Japan doing things like this, you
1: know? But So we're looking at, you know, things like the first and second generation Axia, the second yes. generation Alza, the Ativa, the Myvi, the Beza. Uh, that's just from Peridua, of course. Toyota yes. models like the second generation Rush, the Yaris, the Vios and the Velos. These are all, you know, models that have been named already.
2: Yes, and these are all very popular models. yeah. They are the best-selling models for both brands, and these are the models probably sixty, seventy percent of Malaysians are driving right now, whether used or new. Right, you know these are the cars being used by Grab, being used by Lala Move, being used by Ride Sharing, being mm. used by people in the small towns, people you, you know, people like like Ali and me who are you know small salary earners, you know. Okay, so um,
1: just to kind of give some context, and Daniel, when right. they're talking about. Um, irregularities procedural right. irregularities yes. and as a consumer you think to yourself you know am i in danger getting into one of these vehicles now you know is there something dangerous or something i should be concerned about or is it just strictly paperwork
2: it's strictly paperwork because why i don't think the cars are dangerous okay mm. we've seen we've seen plenty of these cars in accidents yes but look at the impact of the accident that's number one yeah. number two all these cars come with minimum force Four airbags Some of them Six airbags yeah. Okay Now the airbags All deployed They're not Takata airbags The airbags all deploy. They work But the impact On the accident Is such mm. Now I don't know If you guys remember um, A few weeks ago There was a viral video On a Beza Being chased By a, a dozen or so Police cars In Putrajaya Yeah Now And then people Were making fun And saying Why the po- police cars Can't chase You know what? These cars are light The pe- people who drive them Are not thinking Now These cars are not Designed for you To go 160 180 but you know and I know, when you go on the highway or even you know inner city highways, the people who drive this car, some of them, are just whacking it out of context. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now, you're driving a simple commuter car. Yes, the engine can be pushed, but you're not supposed to go beyond the, the, mm-hmm. the stipulated speed limit and have a bit of common sense. If you're driving a car that's small, light, compact, it's not designed for you to go speeding around a corner. Mm. You are going to lose control. Yes, you can add fat tires, lower your suspension and everything else. But it's not going to keep you safe if you're going to drive like a reckless idiot. You know what I Mm, mean? mm. And I use the word reckless idiot because a lot of these drivers think because the car is light. Now, why is it light? It's a commuter car. It's not made out of heavy sheet metal. It's not made out of a lot of sound deadening. It doesn't have a big heavy engine. It doesn't have a big heavy battery. Everything is small, compact. Why? Because why? It's selling at that price that is acceptable to everybody. Yeah. Now, maybe it shouldn't get a five-star rating. Maybe it should get a three-star rating. Mm. But we know there are a lot of cars out there with even one or two star. People are buying them, using them without any issue at all. Because why? They accept it. I have bought a car with two airbags. I bought a car with one airbag. I'll live with it. Yeah. You know? That's my choice. And I'll understand it. Yeah. And I'll understand the fact that I have, I'm not supposed to drive like a maniac. I'm supposed to drive reasonably slow. And I'll be very careful on the road, left and right, watch my signals, watch my mirrors and everything else. But this, coming from Japan... Shocking, mm. shocking, shocking, shocking.
1: So do you think then they'll be retesting the
2: whole thing? The Well, even if they retest, millions of these cars are on the road. Right. And most of them are in ASEAN nations because these cars are big in ASEAN. I'm talking about Indonesia, Thailand, Cambodia, Burma, you know, the whole, the whole region, you know. And this is the fastest growing automotive region right now. Mm. These consumers, they can't buy electric cars because they can't afford it. The earning power is, you know, like me and Ali, you know.
1: He has to get a little digging at the end, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note, good discussion, though. Um, final words, no need to panic then.
2: I don't think you need to panic because why? You, you know your car is reasonably safe. You know right. your 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 Daihatsu slash Perdua Toyota is reasonably safe. Okay. You, you know, I used to drive a Daihatsu many, many years ago. That's what I've not had an accident. I never had an accident. I never had an issue with a car. But I drove it, the time I, you know, I was, I was was I was driving it you know, from here to Tungano, here to Klantan, whatever. I never went above 110 because mm. what I know it's a small, light, compact car. Mm. I never went around a corner fast. Mm. But mm. I saved a lot on fuel. The car was efficient. The car was reliable. When I sold the car, I didn't lose much money. It was an original Daiya 2. This was before Perdua came into the game. Now, that evolution of of technology and car and, and, and body and everything else continued with Perdua vehicles. Mm. Mm. And that's why till today, people love these cars especially retired people because this is my last car it's easy you know and you don't see them speeding but it's the younger generation somewhere in between 30 40 years old think hey you know i can get this car going a little bit faster please don't even if you have five star rating please don't
1: on that note let's take a short break we'll be back in just a few minutes with our car review of the week it is the alfa romeo giulia quadrifoglio is that correct
2: at Here we go.
1: <laughs> You're listening to Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to the third and final part of this week's Cruise Control. I'm Rich Bradbury, of course, in the studio with Ali Johan and Daniel Fernandez over joining us on the phone. It's a car review time, Daniel. What exciting stuff have you got for us this week? Super exciting. Now, the thing is, it was Christmas week,
2: no car launches, nothing big is happening in Malaysia because everybody's gone on holiday. Mm. Everybody has to, you know, finish up their, their annual leave. I'm sure you guys did the same thing. So when a friend of mine who imports cars in, okay, a private importer said hey you know i've got this interesting car come let me show it to you <laughs> and it was an alfa romeo i mean how can you say no to an alfa mm. romeo you know so i said okay you know i'm doing nothing I'm, I'm a bit bored let's let's go for a quick breakfast so he showed me the car it was on trade plate he said come let's 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 do more than breakfast let's go for a short drive so <laughs> we took it for a drive and i tell you you know you know after 11 months and 29 days <laughs> of driving okay cars you know new cars boring cars electric cars subcompact cars you get yourself in an Alfa Romeo you know and you say it's all worth it it's all all worth it because you know what? you look at the car it's just emotional just looking at
1: it Mm, mm. you
2: know and also because Alfa Romeo is not in Malaysia yet they left Malaysia many years ago Uh, the last car they sold was the 147 that was a Giulietta, which they just after they retired quietly And nobody has revived the brand. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, Stellantis. Stellantis is the owner of Alfa Romeo. They're a big uh, European company. They also own Maserati, Jeep, and a few other brands, Fiat and all. They they have them under their wing. So they have opened an office in Malaysia. Stellantis is in Malaysia. Um, The first big move by Stellantis, I think I mentioned it before the holidays, was they're going to revive Peugeot officially with them so there'll be more models coming in, newer models and everything else. So the next model that they were going to introduce to Malaysia would be Alfa Romeo. Mm. Not so soon. Don't get excited. Don't start saving up, opening a piggy bank and all that. It won't happen in the next few months. It'll probably happen in a year from now because the progression will take time. Meanwhile, the grey importers who heard about this, including my friend, said, hey, maybe we should bring in some Alfa Romeos and stir up the market. You know? And this car comes from Japan okay this guy just a few years old very low mileage okay the price is high it's almost half a million ringgit um, but you know these cars first of all they're not cheap in Japan because the Japanese also have a big fascination for alphas if you go if you have the chance to meet with a lot of uh, how you say um, high-end older car designers in Japan and even engineers, which I've had a chance in the last decade or so, and you ask them, what's your favorite car? Three out of ten of them will say, Alfa Romeo. Huh. Yes, and I was shocked because, as these people told me, I said, and then some of them told me, I actually own one, or I actually used to own one. Because they find it very emotional in terms of the design. You know, this design is nine years old, and it still looks great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nine-year-old design. Of course, they've tweaked it a little bit with this facelift, but it still looks great. Mm. And then you get on the inside, they've just updated the interior with better materials. They've not updated the interior in terms of look and feel and everything else. They've just improved the, the, the materials. Because the older one, as always, started, you know, certain buttons would start melting, certain panels would start cracking. So they said, okay, people still love our cars, but they're complaining about the interior. Let's upgrade the interior. Mm. So when you see this guy, he's three years old, he's coming from Japan. The interior looks like brand new. There's not a crack, not a, nothing is, you know, out of shape, nothing is melted. It looks like a brand new car, feels like a brand new car. And when you press that starter button on the steering wheel, it's like a Ferrari. You know, it's like a Ferrari. Because the starter button is red in color and it's on the steering wheel, you know. And then when you start it, the exhaust rumbles, it's a nice rumble which slowly gets a few decibels lower as the car warms up. And then when you prod the accelerator, automatic gearbox, but you can go into manual, you prod the accelerator, you feel every gear change, you feel the car urging you forward, urging you forward. Yes, there's a lot of power in this engine, this three-liter engine. V6 cylinder bi-turbo, 510 horsepower, 600 newton meters of torque, okay? Zero to 100 in four seconds, yes. Four seconds is about one second slower than most electric cars right now but this one you get so much emotion there's so much audio coming from it you know and somehow rather you know it's like okay like, I'm, I'm going to get a bit romantic here like. go on then i had to put on def leppard's pour some sugar on me <laughs> while driving this car <laughs> why specifically that song because that song the drum beat and everything else. It's like an Italian engine rumbling along. You know what I mean?
1: Uh huh. Because you
2: know the Def Leppard drummer, he's an amazing drummer. You know, He's only got one hand, but he's an amazing drummer. Yeah. But you, you hear pour some sugar on me and you drive this car and you'll just go faster and faster <laughs> and faster. And then suddenly you'll hear a siren behind you and then you tell the officer, boss, sorry. La. Def Leppard? I'm leopard? driving alpha, la. Ah. It's So much fun. Even though it's a few hours, I had so much fun. I drove it not as hard as I, as I wanted to because it's not my car. It's not a test car. But my friend said, no, enjoy yourself. This is my Christmas present to you. So I enjoyed myself. I came back and he said, do you want to put a booking?" I said, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let me talk to Ali and see if I can get a raise. But, you know, when I look at the price, 500,000, very hard for me, you know, to say, mm. yes, you know, please buy this car. Because this is for a very select few Malaysians. Mm. Okay. But I'll say this, I'll say this. That the closest you can get to a, this car, the closest It's a
1: Maserati Ghibli. See? Well, there you go. Well, an emotional end to the show for this week. (laughs) Daniel, thank you very much for that review. Thank you, gentlemen. Of course, ladies and gents, this brings us to the end of Cruise Control for this week. If you did miss any part of the show, go download the podcast wherever you normally get it from. Of course, we are available via our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play. We've had news about the Padu database, uh, the Takata airbag recall, Honda's uh, ENE1, the Xiaomi EV testing facilities and whether or not they can be trusted or not. And of course, that uh, lovely romantic review of the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio. This has been Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more
1: stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.